Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dennis and the worship team. I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 8. Good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. As you're turning there, just a couple of quick announcements. Again, reiterating, I think there was an announcement video. We can play that at the end, John, if we have time. Uh, we have our outreach to our community coming up this coming Friday night. So invite, there are many that have already been a part of this outreach in our community. want to invite you to be a part of that. And uh, you can sign up on one of those uh, praise reports or prayer cards in the back of your seat back and say, I'd like to be a part of it. Just put your name, your phone number, and uh, Rhonda will get in contact with you this week, and uh, she'll give you the details on that. We are looking for some leadership on those teams. We had like 30 or 40 people that have been involved already, and we're looking for some leadership. Will you be asking the Lord about your possible leadership in one of the areas of this monthly outreach? It's a great opportunity to step up to the plate and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So I want to encourage you in that way. Also want to make mention the Sweetheart Dinner that's coming up for the uh, 55 and over. There's tickets in the back that you can purchase this morning, so will you be sure to do so uh, if you are in the SOAR group, and I don't mean S-O-R-E, I mean S-O-A-R. If you're part of that SOAR 55 and above, we want to encourage you. Uh, also, Matt mentioned the uh, dessert social coming up for our missionaries on March 5th. We want to encourage it's at 6 o'clock, and it's going it's to be a great time to hang out with missionaries who are literally every day, every hour, working in the kingdom of God on our behalf, the body of Christ, and they're doing full-time work in mission. We want you to come and be a part of that. I want you to know right up front, it's not a fundraiser. We're not even asking you for any additional support or anything like that. We simply want you to show up and say, hey, my name is Dave. Tell me your name. We might ask you to adopt a missionary. How many of us here today would say it would be a good idea if we all adopted a missionary and we were praying for a missionary at some point in time? Great. 6, 10, 12, 14... Oh, no, it's all of us. Right? Didn't Jesus say, go into all the world and make disciples? Some of us would say, I can't go, but I can certainly pray for someone who is going. And so I get to sort of go through them. Right? I mean, wouldn't it be a great thing for us to say, I pray? I send, and I go. I pray, every one of us can do that. I send, support, now you're getting the little support piece. Every one of us can do that. Someone say amen. Someone's say amen. We can all send, and wouldn't it be great? Part of our mission is to, ch as the church, if everyone here at some point in time went on a short-term mission trip. I'm going to tell you something. 
can change your life. I see my brother Devin. We've, we've, we've actually driven a 15-passenger van in Malaysia at night where there's motorcycles by the thousands. We were dangerous. <laughs> It'll change your life. It's good stuff. Please stop by the table and pick up a ticket. It's free. We, wouldn't it be epic if everybody at Hillside said, you know what, I'm in. I'm in. This is what our church is about. This is what we're about. These are our family members doing the work. I'm in. And that's what we say after we pray for the dessert. I'm in. That was terrible. I digress. Uh, we are in Revelation chapter 8, and uh, last week, uh, we came out of January in a month of prayer, and last week we picked back up in chapter 7. Chapter 7, if you remember and you recall if you were here, is, I call it a parenthetical pause. It's kind of a pause in the midst of the breaking of the seven seals upon the scroll that was in the hand of him who sat on the throne. We were introduced to the scroll, chapter 5 of Revelation, and in chapter 5 we found Jesus lays hold of the scroll, for he is found worthy to break the seals, to loose the seals. Chapter 6 reveals to us, at the breaking of each of those seals, sequentially some things transpired. And we come to chapter 7, or we came to chapter 7, and there was a parenthetical pause, if you will. There was just a pause, a break. And we saw two magnanimous things occur. There were the ceiling of 144,000. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel with the seal of God upon their forehead. And they were going out. Check this out. They're going out into all the world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are, it's like 144,000 Billy Grahams. It's like 144,000 Greg Lorries going out and proclaiming the gospel. Hallelujah. That's good news for those who are going to be in the midst of that tribulation period. We were also introduced at the tail end of chapter 7, or the second half of chapter 7, innumerable saved people who are now in heaven. It's like we're introduced to the sealed that are going out and proclaiming, and then we're introduced to those who were the recipients of the gospel, who eventually gave their lives for the gospel, and now they're in heaven. Some have said, and I think it's conjecture for sure, but some have intimated that it's very possible that during the days of the tribulation, there will be more that come to Christ than in the entire time from the first century, or the book of Acts, the beginning of the book of Acts, all the way up to present day, up to and including the rapture. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but this much I do know. There are going to be a lot of people who give their hearts to Jesus during those days. That's going to be an amazing thing. We come to chapter 8, and although there's a tremendous amount of detail in here, it is the breaking of the seventh seal. And one might think, wow, the seals are broken. Hallelujah. It seems like it's all going to come to a summation, and then we're going to, in reality, what's going to happen is 
the breaking of the seventh seal is going to reveal seven more judgments. Seven more judgments that are more intense. And the reality of the seventh trumpet judgment, when that trumpet sounds, it's going to introduce us to another seven more judgments. The bowl judgment. And so we won't go into all of those details this morning. We've already gone through them in our Sunday evening study. And so if you'd like to hear more about that, you certainly can hear chapter 8 and chapter 9 uh, from online. But this morning what I want to do is I want to read the first six verses. We'll talk very briefly about the heavenly hush, the silence in heaven, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the prayers of all the saints. So will you read, or I'll read, and you follow along. Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar and was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Father, in these next few moments, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, Lord, may we be reminded, may we be reminded, Lord, even as we sang this morning, reminds me where I've been and where I'm going. Lord, heaven is before us, and it is a marvelous thing. And Lord, we look to that, and we thank you that, Lord, there is an awestruckness that we ought to have in relationship to the things that are going to happen, even as Peter reminds us, knowing these things, that the earth and all of the elements will melt someday with fervent heat, knowing these things, what manner of man ought we to be? Lord, may we be working out, if you will, our salvation with fear and trembling. God, may there be a certain sense of awe in all of our living. And then, Father, may we be encouraged deeply that you hear our prayers and they are before you continually. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said a strong amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I had lots of thoughts uh, that I have written in my notes, and I do this frequently. I have notes, and I have pages and pages of notes, and I tend to wean those down to what I believe that the Lord wants to do. And I will be very honest with you at this point. I believe that the Lord has already done predominantly what He wants to do. Because I believe He is answering your prayers and my prayers. But I want to look just for a moment at these two things. Consider the silence in heaven and all the saints' prayers. So verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about half an hour. The authorized version, or the King James Version of the Bible, reads it this way. And 
and the conjunction here, and, is part of the original language. And it really does tie us back to what he's previously said, and so we're not going to go back any further than what we have already this morning, but it says, and when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Now, remember where John is. And remember that John is there literally. John was in the Spirit, and he was caught up into heaven, literally. John is and has been in the throne room of heaven, and he is now being projected, if you will, into the future. That sounds a little bit like a science fiction movie playing out. And it's difficult for us to even comprehend with our finite minds. Our minds are finite and we are looking at and talking about and reading in the Scripture in eternal perspective. God is outside of time. Time is a concept and a reality that you and I live with because it exists in this universe wherewith we are also. Everything about our lives is somehow caught up in time. I had a number of thoughts about our time stuff, but we'll come to that in just a moment. Uh, John's there. And he is seeing this stuff literally occurring, and he is recording it for us in the words that he has to record, and we get the book of Revelation, if you will. So it says, about the space of half an hour. In the Greek, this is an adverbial form of a relative pronoun, which is used in comparison, if you will. He's trying to say, in an eternal perspective, it's kind of like this. It's like about a half hour, but there's silence for a space of about a half an hour. He's trying to use word. It's a comparison. It lasted. Silence. Now, I will say this. There has been a tremendous amount of conjecture about what was going on in relationship to this silence. Like, why was it silent in heaven? Here's a place where there's hustle and bustle. Here's a place where there's all kinds of praise and worship. We already have been exposed to, if you recall, from chapter 4, chapter 5, and other portions of Scripture where there's a tremendous amount of activity occurring in the throne room of heaven. Angels talking. Jesus interceding. Directions being given. The seraphim and the cherubim. We've been introduced to the four living creatures, the 24 elders. We've been on and on and on. And there's a tremendous amount of activity. And as he breaks the seventh seal, Perhaps in the conjecture 
Some have claimed that it's the calm before the storm. Some have said, well, it's the hushing of heaven to hear the prayers of the saints. Some have said so that the hears that it could be heard of the cries of the martyrs. Others have said it's that sober, awestruck moment, recognizing the pending judgments that are about to incur being more severe than the preceding ones. Let me say this. One of my early mentors in the faith, Chuck Smith, was the founder of the Calvary Chapel movement a long time ago. I like what he says. When the Word of God is silent on a subject matter, we are good to remain silent on it as well. So, we don't know why there was silence in heaven. We simply know there was silence in hell. I will note, because the scriptures note it, that there was silence in heaven. That's different. Because it wasn't that way before. And that should at least get our attention. I think it's noteworthy also that John mentions that it was about a half hour. Now, that doesn't seem like very long to you and I. I heard one guy said, well, that's proof that there's less women in heaven than men. I said, he said that publicly? <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> and I want you to know I would never say that. Um, but in context, 30 minutes can seem like a very long time. In fact, if I were here, and I am here, but behind this pulpit, if I paused for a minute, seem like a long time. If it wasn't stated ahead of time, and I was simply speaking, and then I looked down at my notes and I started scanning them, you'd start to get nervous. <laughs> then you'd start praying for me. <laughs> Lord, help him find his place. And we'd become uncomfortable. It's all in context, right? So 30 minutes in heaven, everybody's taking notes. In fact, like most of you kept your eyes on me, I think in heaven everybody's probably looking at the Father. probably beginning to wonder what's next what's next so 
Lots of things happening there, and then they're silent. Again, it is noteworthy that John uses the language of comparison. He says it's like, it's something like the space of 30 minutes. And so he has this, he's up in eternity, and he's trying to bring it down to a temporal. And it's a comparison, time versus eternity, man and God, you and I. And uh, again, we are aware of time as it relates to us, every one of us. I, uh, have you noticed that everybody's in a hurry lately? Everybody's just in a hurry. And we talk about, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. How many people say to me, well, PD, I know you're real busy. I mean, yes, but no. Never too busy, right? But we're always in a hurry. We want things done quickly. I mean, if, you, if you're questioning the reality of this, just think back to the last time you were at your computer and you were trying to download something. <laughs> things slowed down. You're like, are you joking me? Come on! Or, here, here's another one. You go through fast food drive through because it's supposed to be fast food. You get there at 12.02, and there's 21 cars in front of you. So you think to yourself, I'll just park and walk in. And they're working so fast to get the drive through people through that it's hard for you to even get anyone's attention. Hey! Can I get some fast food? No one's moving fast enough. Here's one. You're behind because something happened on the home front. You get in your car and you realize, I'm out of gas. Great. No problem. Gas is only, you know, $1.89 right now. So I'll just race right over to the gas. You get to the gas tank the gas station, and the tanker truck is filling the tanks. So there's only two pumps open, and there's three cars in line. You're like, are you kidding me? You get your gas. You're polite. Thanks, bro. Get in your car. You get out on the road, and there's a traffic jam. And immediately, you're not thinking to yourself, oh, there's probably been an accident. Someone needs prayer. God bless them. You're like, Today? I've seen some of you. Because <laughs> I was hiding and I didn't want you to know it was me next to you. I mean, it happens. We're in a hurry and we're very cognizant of time. And there's this comparison. Time is, in fact, relative. Here's an interesting thought for us. Psalm 90 in verse 4, make a note, Psalm 90 in verse 4. Peter quotes it in his second epistle. It says, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. So Second Peter, verse 3.8, he says, But beloved, do not be ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, in the context of prayer, we also 
want God to be on our timeline. Have you noticed that? Somehow we have gotten into our minds that God is like a fast food restaurant. I'm going to pull up to the window or pull up to the little speaker, drop my prayer into his lap. I'd like to see blah, 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 blah. We drive up to the window and we expect an answer right now. Now, think with me for a moment. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as, is as the one day. What do you think one second of that day is in equation to the Lord? One second equals about four and a quarter days. That's math. You can do it on your own. If you use Common Core, we'll talk to you in a week. So, one second is like four and a quarter days. If we don't hear from the Lord for one month on something that we prayed, we're like, man, God's not answering my prayers. Jill, God does Gammy, why isn't God answering my prayers? Do a quick division. That's like seven seconds to the Lord. We're like, man, he needs to move faster. I mean, we'll give the guys at the McDonald's drive-thru two minutes to get us our food. But, hey, God, seven, 30 days? God, that's not, come on! And we get impatient. How many of you know what I mean? Are you with me? Okay, I just need to make sure that we're on the same page. Because I think sometimes, this, am I the only one that... Where are you, God? Here's the thing. Imagine if God doesn't answer your prayer for a year. It's like just over a minute to God. Some of you have been waiting 10 years for answered prayer. I just want you to know, you're you're talking not, not a lot of time from God's perspective. God is outside of time, is what I'm trying to say. And what the Word of God says, let's, let's go back to, turning your Bibles with me to that psalm. Psalm 37, or 34. No, 37 is what I think it was. 34, 17, excuse me. says this, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Hebrew hears Shema. It's in the qual stem, and it has meanings. He hears, and there's concerning. He has power to hear more. He is listening with attention and interest. He understands. When the Word of God says, and this Hebrew word says, hears, it also denotes He understands you. He understands what you're asking. Even when your words are not synonymous with what you mean, He understands. Does that make sense? 
when you don't even have words. He understands. He hears your heart. And he gives heed judicially. And the word hears, again, is in the perfect aspect. The perfect aspect simply means an expressed, complete, action. So expressly heard and understood and he answers the cry of his children. That's an encouragement to me in relationship. But now he's outside of time and so this expressed complete action is though it's complete Sometimes we may not see it in our timeline. My grandparents prayed for my mom. My mom was a prodigal daughter. She did not raise any of her children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. My grandfather, her dad, was a Quaker minister. She was away from God, and he was a fire and brimstone guy. And he was loud. I may get that honest. My grandmother and grandfather passed away when I was six years old. They never saw on this earth my mom return to the Lord let alone for her four children giving their hearts to Jesus. For me personally, it was 13 years after their death that I was born again. The answer to their prayers. Are you with me? You see, what we see in this section of Revelation here, it says all, listen to verse 3, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. Are you a saint? Then your prayers are included here in this future event. The prayers of the saints are ever before the Father. This is, a, it, again, it's an infinite thought with our finite minds. Do you know that your prayers have no mass, no weight, no mass? And because they have no mass, they're outside of this space, matter, time continuum we live in. Our prayers are, if you will, eternal, and they are going before the throne of God. That's so cool. We're just always in a hurry. God, hurry. There's a sermon or 100 in the delays of the Lord. We don't have infinite wisdom like He does. 
We simply need to know it's a completed action. Father, you are near them. I will tell you, we would have more peace in our lives about the things we pray about if we would spend more time with our Father who is in heaven. Can I hear an amen? You see, prayer is something that we talk a lot about, but we often do little of. It would behoove us to spend time with the Father. I encourage you this week, even this week, that you would read through the Gospels. I know it's a lot, but read through the Gospel of Matthew. Four chapters a day, you'll be done in seven days. Read through it. Make a note of how many times Jesus went away to a solitary place to pray. Make note of the, the very nature that he stayed up all night and prayed to his Father. Make note how many times disciples said, teach us to pray. They were aware that something magnanimous was occurring Jesus, even in his own words in John, and you could this week also choose to read John, 21, 21 chapters, you could do three chapters a day and have John completed in seven days. Make those same notes, and you'll note in John chapter 8, I only speak those things I have seen with the Father. He saw those things when he was in his time of prayer. The things that he said, the things that he did, he had already seen them with his Father in heaven. The Father revealed them. He said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door behind you, and pray to the Father, who is in the secret place. He's there, and he will reward you openly. As the children of God, oh, that we would long to be in his presence. But we couldn't wait to get there. You know, I have a, I have a wonderful wife. If you love Kim Morris, will you just... <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Trying to score points. No, uh, I, we have a great relationship. It's a great relationship. I would put anybody's marriage up against mine if, if we could do that kind of a comparison. I, we have a great marriage. Great. Going on 29 years. Love <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you notice, Gary, she doesn't have the microphone. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. Does she agree? She. <laughs> That's funny. Here's the thing. Our relationship is our relationship. I'll tell you it's a great relationship, but I'm not going to tell you stuff about it. That's ours. I'm not going to tell you about the things that make us cry, the things that make us laugh, the things that are meaningful to us, the moments we have when we look in each other's eyes and we know. That's rich. That's ours. You don't get that. You don't get that. That's what your father wants with you. You won't have to talk about your relationship with your father because he'll be yours. Here's the thing. You'll know when you have it. 
You'll know when you've been in His presence. You'll know because He begins to speak to you. The beauty is He only speaks to you. He'll never speak to you anything that's contrary to the written Word. And it will always be good. It will always be kind. It will always be compassionate. It will always be filled with mercy. It will always be filled with grace. His communication with His children will always flow out of His fellowship and worship. Some of you are sitting here right now and you already know. You already know the richness of being in His presence. And you already have a longing. Oh, I can't wait to get alone with the Father again. And you long for those moments. Some of you are sitting here today and say, I have not tasted and seen that the Lord is good. But TD, you are making me thirsty. I want to encourage you. Seek the Lord while He may be found and call upon Him while He is near. Change your activity of the day. Get up early. The psalmist said, early in the morning, I will rise up and seek you. Early in the morning. Some of you say, I already get up at 3.30. Great. Get up at 2.30. Well, that means i got to go to bed earlier. Great. Do it. David said, I will not offer the Lord that which costs me nothing. You want something? You want to have a relationship with the Father? It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. Will you make that kind of offering? He expressed completed prayers have gone up to the Lord today. Some of us are praying for prodigals to come home. In the seat backs in front of you, there is a heart for the harvest card that looks like this. In fact, I'm going to just invite you. I know some of you don't have a seat in front of you. Maybe you can reach over and maybe someone can hand you one. If you don't have one of these already, will you pull one of these out? I want to invite you with me to be praying for people who need the Lord and who need to come home, who need to come home to the Lord. That you would use this as a bookmarker in your Bible, that you would pray for them daily. And it'll be a reminder to you because you read your word of God daily. Someone say amen. Amen. To pray for them daily and to begin to believe. Don't pull up to the fast food window in heaven and simply call out their names. But take time. And after you've prayed, will you close your eyes quietly? Maybe you talk to the Lord about some of the things that may be going on in their lives. And just listen. Maybe the Lord would show you something. He might show you how to pray. Whatever the scenario, 
if we will simply take time to pray. I believe that God not only will hear our prayers, but He will begin to bring those answers about. The silence in heaven, no conjecture, but when we come to the prayer, it's the prayers of all the saints. I'm encouraged by that. And I'm encouraged by the psalmist whom the Holy Spirit used to use very specific Hebrew language to let us know that our prayers are heard and understood and it is a completed action of our faith. That's good news for you and I. With that being said, we have a number of prayers that we are praying for as a congregation amidst all of the life things happening in the life of our church, we're believing God for our own space that we will have even more effectual ministry out of the promised center. Many of you have already filled out cards that are faith promises. With God's help, you are going to be engaged, and we believe we're going to do this. And we're so very excited about that. This month, we're receiving those. We would love to have everybody participate because it's just a fun engagement to cooperate with God and to engage in this work. We have with us this morning, and because we've already come to the altar, because we've already prayed, we're just believing God, sealing those things with the Lord, okay? But we have with us this morning J.D. Arndt, who is, and who has been the proprietor of the business Arndt Machinery for many, many years. It's a family business. Gil Arndt has been and is a part of that business, and uh, all the family members at one point or another, I think, were engaged in the business there. And J.D. is transitioning. In fact, he's got many things by way of transition in his life. I asked him to come this morning because we talked over the last two weeks about some of those things, and he has a very real and needed prayer request. And I said, J.D., this affects our entire fellowship. And so, as J.D., will you make your way down here? I'm going to invite you to come down. Will you give J.D. a warm welcome as he comes? And we're going to take just a moment. Amen. Come on up, Matt. Pastor Dennis, come on up. Gil, would you make your way up here too? And uh, Tim and Charlie and Dave Magel, are you back there? Will you come on up? And uh, who am I missing? Is Josh here? Josh Salmon? Any of our other elders, boom, 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 will you just make your way up here? Here's the thing. We're going to invite, thanks, Dave, for coming. Uh, we're going to invite everyone to simply pray. The need, my good brother, good to see you. The need for JD is that a door would open for the purchase of property with an outbuilding already built. He has a beautiful home in Milwaukee, has an acre he was going to put up. A, a three-bay garage and move, downsizing his business over there. And he's heard from the county that that can't happen. And so he, in cooperation with the Lord, he says, Lord, what's next? Where do we go? And so he put his house on the market, and he is seeking for a piece of property. It could be in Vancouver. It could be just beyond Vancouver. It could be, I don't even know how far. It could be maybe even as far as Fairview, I don't know, somewhere. Anyway, it's out there. <laughs> well, here, I wasn't going to give him the whole story. <laughs> That's awesome. It could, 
It could be Minot, North Dakota. It could be Georgia. We don't know, but God does. God does. And we want to believe God together. So by way of closing this morning and by way of benediction, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for J.D. and our fellowship because that's the place we're going to be moving in. Our paperwork goes to the county Monday or Tuesday this week. I just Friday I got the last email from our architect. There's one piece he was waiting for from our structural. As soon as that came in, he expected it Monday morning. Last details, and it's getting sent out. Or they're delivering, they're hand-delivering them. So that's very, very good news. Well, with the county, could be two months, two and a half months, but we anticipate getting permits very soon. We'd, we'd love to be able to do something soon. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we, we are believing God, and God's timing, and God is in charge. We're not in any hurry. This is no fast food. No drive-up window. Lord, it's almost like we said, Lord, this is how we prayed about a year and a half ago. Lord, help. He says, just a minute. It's been a year and a half. (laughs) So, (laughs) that was good. (laughs) So now we're praying again, and we're asking the Lord. So I'm going to invite you to stand with some jewelry. Stand with us this morning. Brothers, will you come on in and lay hands on J.D.? We extend a hand forward to our brother and really for our fellowship. Father, thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you answer our prayers. Lord, we recognize that our timing doesn't always, uh, it's not always commiserate with your timing, but Lord, your timing is good and it's perfect and it's, you're in time, on time, every time. And so, Lord, we simply say thank you. Now, Father, we are asking for our dear brother J.D., and we are believing in our hearts that, Lord, you will open up doors that no men can shut and shut doors that no men can open. And that, Lord, you would bring about and there would be revelation knowledge of a property that he is to purchase and that, God, you would help with the sale of his uh, property and his house and all of those pieces, that they would all come together. God, you could even do property trades and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you... Lord, it's in your hands, and you are so creative. God, we just say, Lord, will you help in the name of Jesus? Help, Father. And will you bless Hillside Christian Fellowship, Lord, as we move forward? Thank you, Father, for the faithfulness of the body of Christ right here. And, Lord, all of the resources that have come in thus far and all the resources that are coming in, God, because we see your hand in all of this, and we say, yes, we're fully in, and, God, we're a part, and we are just so, we are so excited. And so, Lord, we simply once again come to you and say, Lord, have your way and in your time. And, Lord, will you bless. And so bless my brother, not only in this whole property thing, but he's, as he mentioned, Minot, North Dakota, as he mentioned, South Carolina. Lord, there are many, many aspects. Lord, will you help? Will you guide? Will you bless? We ask all these things, and we ask, Father, today for every prayer request that was made when Pastor Dennis was praying, then when folks came forward, all of those requests, all of those needs, Lord, we ask that you would help. Lord, help. Thank you, Father. And this week, may our week be different because we get in our closets, we get in the room with our closet, and we simply spend time with you. Change us, transform us, God. Be glorified. We love you. We praise you. We ask all these things, and we ask your benediction in Jesus' mighty name. 
and all God's people said a strong amen. 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 Remember tonight, there is no service at at 6 p.m. We're encouraging everyone, spend time with your family, spend time with your sweethearts, enjoy Valentine's Day, go in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, have an amazing week in Jesus. God bless you.